Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm, I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. This episode, I'm not um, going to actually be talking about anything that's technically, to my own knowledge, connected specifically to complex PTSD. I'm going to share something more that's um, something that I I seem to come across a lot, and this happens a lot in my personal life. So I don't know if this happens in your personal life too. Um, this is also a little bit of an existential or um, I don't even know what the word is for it, but um, altruistic maybe um, episode I'm going to do. And I'm doing this because it, it just happened tonight. So... Um, remember I did an episode, I think it was actually last Saturday, um, where I, I was watching a show and then I found out that the actor Matthew Perry had passed away. And then like two minutes later, a show came on, it was friends. And the movie I was watching before that was like a Halloween movie. Um, it was the Adams family and it was on a kid's channel and then friends came on and I was like, why is friends on a kid's channel? But it was an episode about their chair named Rosita dying. And Matthew, like literally the news had just broken that he died and the show friends came on and I was like, well, this is weird. I, I never watched Nickelodeon, by the way, I was watching it just to watch the Adams family movie, but I just thought, well, that's really weird. You know, this channel I'm watching, you know, the show comes on that he was on you know, the show he's known for and everything. Well, it just happened again. And this isn't about Matthew Perry. And I've been reading um, comments online about, so there's like a Quora thing about why am I experiencing so many coincidences? And one person said, they didn't say this to me. They said this to somebody else who wrote a comment a few years ago. Um, they said, don't look too much into it. Um, these types of things can make people schizophrenic. So they specifically said, um, it says your awareness of coincidences have increased. You're paying a lot of attention to them. So it seems like they're happening more than when really they're going at the same frequency they've always have. Just before you weren't paying, paying as much attention to them. It's just your mind playing tricks on you. Don't go looking too deep into this. You're going to scare yourself and don't go taking them as some sign or secret message only directed towards you. You're going to make yourself schizophrenic. You're not a psychic. Please don't go looking into that. You're going to lose your mind. We're all experiencing these things. You're not alone. I admit it can be creepy, but don't let it creep you out. Acknowledge it when it happens and move on. Honestly, we, we will never truly know why it happens. We just know it happens. We're all part of this beautiful world and we're all connected to this beautiful world. Just see it that way. Don't go thinking we're in a simulation or there's something after you. You'll never know peace if you see it that way. Um, and this was written by someone named Emmer Beach. Um, again, this was, uh, this is on Quora. Like I randomly Googled, um, you know, why I'm experiencing these things, um, experiencing coincidences. So, one comment I really liked, um, and this is basically exactly what I experienced, and I'm going to tell you what happened tonight. Um, so one guy said, his name is Chuck Oberlin, and he wrote this a year ago, it looks like. He said for the last few years, he's 
had the strangest coincidences. For example, he was reading a message from a friend with the last name Riggs, and when he looked up at the TV and in the credits from a show, there was a person with the last name Riggs. Um, right when he was reading a message from his friend named Riggs. Then he says he was reading a story about New York City, and then he just and then he says, I just read Big Apple when he was reading the story about New York City, when someone on his TV said Big Apple. The list goes on and on, he says. I have always felt that everything is connected in some way. He attributes it to God creating everything, so by its nature, everything is connected. Um, and then one person wrote uh, something, if I can find it really quick here. Um, someone said, so someone named Dan, Daniel Jones, and this says three years ago, um, one of the last things that they said um, was the only way to beat your fate is to do nothing. So, um, so I, I like this because remember how I mentioned to you guys I had written a paper about a guy named Elihu Wolcott, and I, I went on and on about the um, founding of the Republican Party and Abraham Lincoln uh, back in the 1850s and leading up to the Civil War and um, the guy who portrayed Elihu Wolcott I found out lived in my house and I didn't know that before I wrote a paper about Elihu Wolcott this guy lived in my house and how weird that was um, and then someone said well maybe it's the house you grew up in maybe it's haunted or there's something going on with the house you know and I never looked at it that way I, I like that they had this outside perspective on it um, but this person here says um this reminds me of that because I think I told you when I gave my speech about Elihu, my college paper when I got my bachelor's in history was about the break from Calvinism. And when I wrote this paper about Elihu and I told this couple who are both involved, um, who understand all of that very well, Calvinism and, um, the history of Elihu. Um, and I told them that this guy lived in our house they said, I bet that that'll make a Calvinist out of you, meaning your life is um, predetermined. Um, so we're getting into philosophy here. And I told you guys a couple years ago, I almost minored in philosophy. So this stuff is interesting to me. It's really interesting when this stuff is happening to you, by the way. Um, and again, I'm going to tell you pretty soon what happened tonight. But I just wanted to read this really quick because this guy was spot on. Um so this guy's could be a woman. I think it's a guy, the way Daniel's written, Daniel Jones. He said, all my, my, he says, my all life, I think he means all my life, has been full of coincidences. More than most people around me, or maybe I notice more, there sometimes seems to be a pattern, sometimes mathematical. Too many coincidences to be a coincidence. It's been the story of my life. The only way to beat your fate is to do nothing. But even if you do nothing, which this person did for eight years, they say, they say um, they were just waiting for fate to play its part again. They had, he says, I had coincidences leading up to major events, but they were practice, practice runs and lessons to be learned. Then he says, I hope what I said makes sense to you, makes sense to me. Um, and then he says, seems like life is mapped out. 
and I kid you not, when I read this about 10 minutes ago, which would have been 9.30, and by the way, time changes tonight, so I already set my clocks back, so it says 8.30, um, but right when he said, seems life is mapped out, my candle turned on, like my candle in this, this room that I'm in, and it just reminded me of, it's an automatic candle, by the way, it turns on at 9.30, um, but it just reminded me of what that person said, that'll make a Calvinist out of you to think that life is like predetermined. Um, but so what happened tonight? And again, I don't know why this happened. Um, and it kind of led me down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I just find it really interesting. And again, I don't know why this happened. I started trying to think back to this movie that I bought tonight and I was thinking what what was the origin of why I wanted to buy this movie like what was what was drawing me to it um and I don't want to sound weird or anything which I probably already do um so I, I went grocery shopping today and I told you guys I my car was totaled so someone I know took me to the grocery store and I tried to stock up on more than usual um, since I don't have a car right now and you know, one thing that if you need a ride anywhere when you don't have a car, it's getting groceries. So obviously things get, need to be freezed and things are heavy. You don't want to have to carry things like that or wait for an Uber. So someone took me there today, but when I was there, I bought something that I like never buy. I see, I see it all the time. At the grocery store, it's one of those uh, magazines, but um, I just randomly, I don't even know if I looked at the cover of it, but I just randomly grabbed like a National Enquirer um, just for something to do, like just something to look at. Um, and I do f follow like some celebrity things, but I also follow true crime. Um, and I know a lot of times National Enquirer has like UFO stuff which I like, I find interesting. Um, and a lot of times, and it may not seem like it, a lot of the things that they actually say in here, um, they do have some, a lot of truth to them. And you might think it's just, you know, a, a Hollywood silly magazine. Um, but they talk about all types of different things. They don't just talk about Hollywood stuff. Um, they go into like true crime cases or, you know, specific political things and I like to follow politics sometimes but I, I kid you not um, so again similar to that Matthew Perry thing that happened so tonight on YouTube um, I had been thinking of buying this movie for a few days now and I don't know if it's just the fall time that made me want to buy it because whenever I think of this movie I always think of the fall time um there's a lot of different things that I think about when I think about this movie. I think about the actors in it, Jodie Foster's in this movie, and Anthony Hopkins is in it. So the movie is Silence of the Lambs. Um, I also liked it. I haven't watched it in years, but after following True Crime ever since the the Idaho thing happened with the four college students last year, um, it's almost been exactly one year, by the way, since that happened. Um, I started following true crime right after that and I've learned a lot a, a lot about like what Hollywood makes crime look like which a lot of times it's way overly emotional 
And what cops will tell you and what detectives and criminal profilers will tell you. I also, this is one reason I like that show, The X-Files, because Mulder's a profiler and Scully's a doctor and a scientist and she's very logical and he's very emotional Um, and he's very spiritual and everything and altruistic, kind of like I'm being tonight here. Um, But whenever I was re-watching that movie tonight, I noticed a lot of things in it that I don't think are very true to a crime scene. Um, And again, that's after following true crime for a year and learning behavior versus what like the movies are going to show you. Um, But there were a lot of things that I think were very accurate in it too. So it's kind of neat to watch it after you've learned about a lot of like the way things really are versus the way they, the way movies make them to make it more interesting. Um, so again, I, I bought that movie and I was about halfway into it. And I told you guys, I bought the national Enquirer magazine, newspaper, whatever the hell you want to call this thing. And so the date on the national Enquirer is November 6th. So this isn't like a, a spooky Halloween national Enquirer. This one is after Halloween, right? Because I mentioned what happened to somebody and they said, well, it was just Halloween. So maybe this is for Halloween. And um, no, that's not the case. This is a November 6th edition, 2023. Um, And so what I found really interesting, this literally happened while I was watching Silence of the Lambs. And I just, it just stood out to me. And I thought, really? Like, this is really going to happen right now? So on page 28 of this recent Inquirer, I kid you not, there's a two-page piece. And take it, this I opened this and was reading this. I was looking at this while I was watching the movie because I was just skimming through. And the title of this piece is Silence of the Scams. It's about Donald Trump. And it has him wearing the Hannibal Lecter mask. And it says, hell-bent judges put muzzle on lector-loving Trump. So apparently, and they show pictures from Silence of the Lambs in here. And I was like, are, are you kidding me? Like, literally, I was watching, I had just bought Silence of the Lambs on YouTube. Because my DVD broke, and DVDs just, it's hard to find unless you go to the public library. So I bought it on YouTube. And by the way, if you buy a movie on YouTube, it is the unedited version, uh, just so you're aware super unedited um almost kind of like the way hulu is which that's one reason i love hulu but um yeah uh page 28 like look it up for yourself but i this literally showed this as i was watching the movie and it shows a picture of lector like hannibal lector from the movie in his mask and then they put a mask over trump's face like they edited this mask over his face so it's a picture of Trump when he's in like the New York courtroom because um, recently there's been a judge, I think from D.C., who put a gag order on Trump. So in regards to the January 6th insurrection situation um, or whoever is listening to this, however you want to describe that situation in D.C. a year or two ago, um, I watched that, by the way, live on television. I happen to come home and... I don't normally come home at that time. It was like 1.30 in the afternoon. 
And I saw that live on television happening in D.C. Um, And so, anyway, this article, um, it's, it's about Trump being getting the gag order. So they put this muzzle over his face as if he's Hannibal Lecter. But apparently, Trump even made a comment about him. And I don't know, I guess this was recently. Um, it said, uh, he, he recently said, uh, it said, meanwhile, and this is a, I'm just going to quote what the magazine here says. Uh, excuse me. I guess this was during a political rally. Um, He said, the this I don't know if you call this a magazine or what the hell you call this, Inquirer, says, Meanwhile, Trump, 77, continues to stick his foot in his mouth, including calling the terrorist organization Hamas, Hamas, like the dip, and bizarrely gushing about how much he loves Silence of the Lambs serial killer Hannibal Lecter. Trump apparently said, Hannibal Lecter, how great an actor was he? And then it says Trump uttered in an apparent mix-up between the fictional killer's name and Anthony Hopkins, the actor who played the murderous cannibal in the 1991 film. And then it says, so Trump says this, you know why I like him? Because he said on television, I love Donald Trump, so I love him. He said that a long time ago, and once he said that he was in my camp, I was in his camp. But I, I just was flabbergasted i was watching the movie in this literally i i turned that page and open it and it's not something i normally buy like i don't normally buy i don't normally watch nickelodeon and i hear matthew perry died and the show friends comes on anyway um i just wanted to share that i don't know if that's, this stuff happens to you guys um i ended up looking up synchronicity because i i know that i've looked it up before because these things have happened before for years and there's a psychologist from the early 1900s named Carl Jung, and his last name is spelled J-U-N-G. And I know I've talked about him on this podcast before, probably over a year ago or maybe even two years ago. But he, he went into a lot of... It says, synchronicity is a concept first introduced by analytical psychologist Carl Jung. Um, so I can just read you a little bit about what it says here. This is just... If you Google it, Young held that this was a healthy, even necessary function of the human mind, synchronicity, that can become harmful within psychosis. Young developed the theory of synchronicity as a hypothetical, non-causal principle, serving as the intersubjective or philosophically objective connection between these seemingly, seemingly meaningful coincidences. Yeah. So philosophy stuff is not for everybody, and you can go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes with this stuff. Um, There's a really interesting interview with Carl Jung I remember watching from like the 50s, I think, like 1955. Really interesting. Um, He also used to, I can just read this. So I ended up buying this book tonight. So after all this happened... Um, and I was reading about Carl Jung. I was like, you know what? I should just buy one of his books about synchronicity. So I went on Amazon and they have like an eight ninety five paperback and it's titled synchronicity an a causal connecting principle. It's from volume eight of the collected works of Carl Jung. And it says, uh, 
Young was intrigued from early in his career with coincidences, especially those surprising juxtapositions that scientific rationality could not adequately explain. He discussed these ideas with Albert Einstein before World War I, but first used the term synchronicity in a 1930 lecture in reference to the unusual psychological insights generated from consulting the I Ching, which that's Chinese, a long correspondence and friendship with the Nobel Prize winning physicist Wolfgang Pauli stimulated a final mature statement of Young's thinking on synchronicity, originally published in 1952 and reproduced here in the book that I bought. Together with a wealth of historical and contemporary material, this essay describes an astrological experiment Young conducted to test his theory. Synchronicity reveals the full extent of Young's research into a wide range of psychic phenomena. This paperback edition of Young's classic work includes a new foreword by Sonu Shandasani. So, I don't know if, um, you know, this kind of goes a lot into the, the I Ching, which I hope that I'm describing that correctly. Um, I think that means international, not international, but sort of like life sort of like a life force and by the way you may have just heard that little cling on my phone um someone just texted me who i almost texted today but i didn't so talk about synchronicity there you go right there so the i ching was originally a divination manual in the western zoo period 1750 before christ over the course of the warring states and early imperial periods the i ching or i Yijing, usually translated as Book of Changes or Classic of Changes, is an ancient Chinese divination text that is among the oldest of the Chinese classics. The I Ching was originally a divination manual in the Western Zhu period. So I kid you not, folks, and I was not expecting this. Um, I did read this thing on here about the book I bought, but I didn't know that... Um, I didn't know the history of the I Ching thing, so I kid you not. You know how I've been thinking about doing like a history, history podcast and all that stuff. Well, in front of me, I have a book. I checked this book out a few days ago because I thought it was a really good historical book. The book is on China, so the whole I Ching thing I just mentioned. This is called China: Its History and Culture by W. Scott Martin. I think this book's a little bit older. I'm going to look at... looks like it's from like the 80s or 70s. might even be older than that. Um, so this book is from 1980. Um, but this book has a lot of like maps in it. It has a lot of pottery and it has a lot of art. And in my opinion, if you really want to know history... Um, you look at their pottery, their art, you look at their poetry. Poetry has been around for like, I'd say a, a couple thousand years or at least a thousand years. Um, more than a couple thousand, I would say. But China in particular, a lot of the emperors used to be poets. Um, and I told you guys I'm a poet. I'm in a local poetry group. Um, and the poetry event, which I told you guys I wasn't able to go to the other night, um, Someone read my poems for me, 
And it turned out to have like a ton of poets ended up writing for that thing. It was a watercolor poetry event. Um, but this book is really good. So if you really want to like learn history, in my personal opinion, about China, this is a great history book. Um, I just, I don't even remember where my interest for this popped up for me to even check this book out. Um, I think I might have actually come across it when I was looking up United States Civil War history. Um, and I came across this and I guess it was in that same kind of area. I mean, it's not U.S. Civil War history, obviously. This is Chinese history. Um, but again, I I just think that that's a really good uh, book. So it might be something I talk more about if I do a history podcast. And in the realms of my history podcast, um, and I understand this episode's getting really long here, but when you do an episode on coincidences, sometimes that happens. So another thing that I'm going to do within the realms of my history podcast is a philosophy topics because everything's connected as we all see tonight from all this weird stuff I'm talking about. But I'm going to discuss the, uh, not tonight on here, but if I do my history podcast, I will be discussing my favorite philosopher. It's probably somebody you've never heard of. That's just an assumption, which I shouldn't even make. But his name is Jose Ortega y Gasset. And he lived in Spain during the Spanish Civil War. And if you want to know anything about the... I would say the, the lead up to World War II, look at the Spanish Civil War and look at the authors, poets, writers, um, the... The, the writers in particular. I studied the Spanish Civil War by studying the writers and the poets. I studied the literature. Um, and it led me into like Charles, not Charles, uh, what was his name? Ernest Hemingway um, was a big part of that. He was, he, he either fought in it or was that like a war correspondent? I think he was a, like a, like a, a kind of a journalist correspondent type person. And then, um, the guy who wrote Animal Farm, whose name I always mix up with another author, he, I believe, fought in the Spanish Civil War, and then he wrote Animal Farm. Um, so the Spanish Civil War had um, communists, it had um, the... Uh, it was basically a precursor to World War II. Um, it had just a lot of different parties... Um, who would eventually play bigger roles and were very much against one another. Um, so the, the fascists, that's what I'm trying to think of. It was like communist versus fascist. Um, it just led to all these different things. Um, and the writers played such an important role in my opinion, but Jose Ortega, Ortega y Gasset, um, I'll read just a little bit about this. Uh, Ortega held the post of Professor of Metaphysics at Madrid between 1910 and 1936. In 1917, he also became a contributor to the newspaper El Sol, where he published an essay form his two principal works, Invertebrate Spain and the Revolt of the Masses. The latter made him internationally famous. A supporter of the Republic, he went into voluntary exile during the Civil War, returning only in 1945. And then he also says um, his key ideas, life, he claimed, is a dialectic between the self and the situation in which it finds itself. 
quote, I am myself and my circumstances, and, quote, my life is a task. And then it says, a project in which the individual creates him or herself, or you create yourself. For Ortega, reason is a tool in the service of life, and he replaces the idea of objective truth with the perspective of the individual. His denial of a fixed human nature and focus on individual freedom to transform reality are reminiscent of existentialism. However, unlike Sartre, and despite his support for the Spanish Republic, politically Ortega favored aristocratic rule in which an elite would maintain elite culture. The revolt of the masses opposed the celebration of mediocrity without vision or forward-looking values that characterizes mass culture. In his meditations on Don Quixote, Ortega's perspectivism celebrates the individual's creative vision to forge his or her life. Um, I just find this guy very interesting. However, if I were to have ever met this guy in person, he would probably be so over my head, I wouldn't know what the hell he was talking about. But whenever they sum things up like this, in these neat little packages kind of thing. So this is from a book called Visual Reference Guides Philosophy by Stephen Law. And if you want to know anything about philosophy, just like literally buy this book and follow the timeline of philosophers. It's a great book. Um, but that's most of what I want to share. This has probably been the longest podcast I've ever done. I'm going to go ahead and get off of here and read this text message that this person sent me that I was thinking of sending a message to and I didn't. And I wonder if they told me to change my clocks back. Um, anyway, I wanted to just share what happened. I like to get these things on note. And part of that is putting them in this podcast. So like I said, when this happened tonight, when I was watching that movie and literally reading that, watching Silence of the Lambs and then seeing a picture of Trump in a Hannibal Lecter mask in a magazine I don't normally buy, watching a movie I don't normally watch. It's just, I just found it weird. Um, you know, and after I read that Carl Jung synchronicity book, um, that would also be something I would talk about on my history podcast would be Carl Jung, you know, the history of psychology. And I would go into philosophy because they're very similar subject matters. And also the China book. Um, after I read more about this within this book, Things that I would talk about on my history podcast would be things like the importance of art in history. So art history. I would talk about also, like I said, pottery. Um, I mean, if you look back at Greece, ancient Greece, and look at the pottery, I mean, the art tells you all kinds of stories. And you, if you look back at poetry, there's a really good book called The, Geog the Geography of Genius. And I can't remember the author's name right now. But um, that's a really good book where he goes into the history of cultures and their landscapes and how their landscapes influenced um, sort of the openness of the culture, but also the culture itself, their openness to other civilizations coming in. But the landscape a lot of times influenced their poetry and their understanding of the world. Um, so it's a really good book. So I would talk about things like that if I do my history podcast which I've already said I won't do until after the first of the year due to tax purposes. So that's where I'll end this episode. This is the Complex PTSD guy signing off.